there's been horrible news this week. Flooding in Nebraska and in Mozambique. Shooting at a mosque, killing more than 50 in Christchurch, New Zealand. Over 100 killed in civil violence in Malawi. Our city becoming another line in the very long story of racial injustice in our nation. Horrible news. Jesus in this lesson is also responding to some horrible news. A group of Galilean Jews were killed by Roman governor Pontius Pilate, and to add insult to injury, their blood was taken and mixed with the blood of the animal sacrifices that they brought to the temple. It's a story of suffering on injustice, on sacrilege. And news of a group of 18 people, bystanders, who were all killed when a tower, the Tower of Siloam, fell on them. The disciples come to Jesus with this horrible news. They were wondering, did you hear that this happened? What if it happens to us? What does this all mean? Did God make this or let this happen, they wonder? The dominant worldview at the time was that if misfortune befell you, somehow you deserved it or you earned it. That there was some divine economy God would reward the good and punish the, the wicked. So they wonder, what's going on here? Why did this all happen? So as I was looking at this lesson this week, I began to wonder, how often do we, in some way, sometimes suddenly, have a view like this? Maybe if we don't want to admit it logically, how often do we, maybe under the surface, think this way? News of a cancer diagnosis, and we whisper, he didn't really take care of himself that well. When there's the flooding of a home, what were they thinking building so close to the water? Or maybe people worshiping in a mosque. Did they do something that caused somehow for people to be suspicious? Or someone injured in a car accident? We whisper, she was kind of a klutz and never really looked where she was going. Or a 17-year-old black kid shot and killed by a police officer. Somehow, maybe he deserved it. How often, in some way, do we, you and me, think like that? So they asked Jesus, did God allow this to happen? Did God cause this to happen? 
And Jesus emphatically says, no. God didn't cause it to happen. God didn't let it happen. But he continues. And I tell you, unless you repent, you will perish just as they did. Jesus turns a question of causality into a question of urgency for the hearer. God did not cause these things, and instead, they serve as reminders to us, to you and to me, to wake up. They are reminders of the urgency for you and for me to act and respond right now. Unless you repent, you too will perish just as they did. Tragedies that remind us how vulnerable we are. That at any moment or any instant, it could all be over. Tragedies that remind us how hurting and broken and divided our society is. Especially when we hope and pray that it's not. And reminders that the time to act the time to repent is right now. So this word repentance, it could mean to change one's mind, to take on a new way of seeing things, a new perspective. It could be a step towards healing what is broken or a move from consciousness to action or even a wholehearted turning towards God. Repent, Jesus says, or you will perish as they did. The events of the last week are a reminder to us about how much we need to repent. How much we need to repent as individuals and also as a society. You and I, we could perish at any moment. And do you right now do you have the relationships in your life in order? Are you ready? What if it was to happen right now? And the need to repent as a society is things are out of control in our world and we have to fix it right now. It's this urgency. The time is now. And then next, we're given the story about this fig tree. A fig tree that's growing in a vineyard. What grows in a vineyard? Grapes. Why is a fig tree in a vineyard? It's a sign to us <laughs> that Jesus is up to something. There's some hyperbole in this story. And so there's a landlord who, who comes into the vineyard and says to the gardener, now this tree, I've seen it for three years, it's not borne any fruit, cut it down, it's a waste of the soil. Now something about fig trees. So fig trees actually have three crops a year. Three crops a year. So if you think this is three years, that's actually nine mixed crops on this tree. It's a lot. And in 
and in the, um, in the Middle East, um, in the right conditions, a fig tree is actually kind of like a weed. It will grow anywhere. It doesn't need any cultivation, doesn't need any help, and it will just keep producing figs three times a year. So it shows you the patience in this story. And so the gardener intervenes and says, why don't we wait one more year? We'll dig around the tree. I'll put manure on it and fertilize it and wait and see. So whenever I read this story, I always wonder what happens at the end of that year. My guess, what I imagine, they have the same conversation again. The infinite patience of God. Okay, so I want you to raise your hand if you feel you have plenty of time to do everything you want and need to do. A fifth grader raised his hand at the last service. His mom was like, no. (laughs) Okay, so raise your hand. Do you feel if you are present and aware of all the gifts God has given you and you use them to the full extent possible to serve the world? Raise your hand. Okay. Do you feel you know, raise your hand, do you feel you know all the ways you failed and need to repent. <laughs> Some people, yeah, okay. <laughs> at 8.40, at 6 o'clock last night, someone raised their hand and their spouse went, <clears throat> and last, do you feel you have done all that you can do for just and justice and peace and healing of the world? So we're all here We know the urgency of what needs to happen. We know we're not there yet. Maybe it weighs down on us right now. And we're also given the story of the fig tree of the infinite patience of God. We'll work a little harder. We'll wait a little longer. Growth it will come. I've come to believe that we have these two parts of this story here smack next to each other because so often, so often we, get, we get caught in a trap. We get caught in a trap of uh, the guilt and regret and nostalgia of the past, things that we didn't accomplish, things that we screwed up, things we should have done, history that has happened and anxiety and worry being overwhelmed by and fear of the future. And so this story, Jesus pushes us into a place right here in the middle, right now, into the present, where we can stand both in the urgency and the patience. We can't fix the past And we can't accomplish it all ourselves in the future. But there's only right, right now.
I want to tell you a story. So on Friday, um, uh, I was invited to join, um, I was invited by, um, by uh, the, the two synagogues in town, um, Bethel and Temple Emmanuel, to join them and some other religious leaders um, uh, to, um, to go to the mosque in Carnegie. And about, about 10 of us, about 10 of us from St. Paul's um, were there. And so after the, the shooting at the mosque in New Zealand, the, the feeling was that we would go, we would go to the uh, mosque in Carnegie, and we just stand there as people, um, as people arrived, and we welcome them and send them some greetings of love, and we'd give them roses as they left. And so if you remember what the weather was like Friday, it was sunny, and then it was raining, and then there was hail, and then there was, it was windy, and that was all within the course of about 20 minutes. <laughs> so I'm standing there with about 70 people in front of the mosque, and we're saying to people, you know, salam alaikum, as they are um, coming into mosque, and people are embarrassed, rushing through us, and we're blocking the way, and they're all late, just like we are, and, uh, um, and at one moment, I thought, you know, this is really silly. Here we have mass, you know, interfaith violence. We have extremism, um, white nationalism that comes in many different forms, including a form that appeared in New Zealand, and, uh, um, you know, these great divisions in our world. And here we are, we're standing here in the rain, handing out roses. But then I thought of this lesson. Because it was something that I could do, something that we could do. I have great pictures of Pat handing roses with her rain hat on. <laughs> um, uh, that we could do right now in order to say, love wins. And that we're going to do something right now here today to stop the violence and to stop the hatred. We're going to respond in a different way. And there was an enormous liberation in that. But there was one thing that I could do to respond to the urgency and also understand the enormous patience of our God. So for you today, standing in this place of urgency and God's patience, what is one thing you can do? What is one thing you can do to stand on the side of love to help get the relationships in your life in order, to share forgiveness, and to be part of God's healing and redeeming work of the world. How are you invited to do one thing today? Amen.